Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Except I always thought that was a strange line because usually on the back of the chocolates it tells you right what, what you're getting. So right. some there's a sheet inside. Not all. Everyone I've ever gotten. Not all of them. Not on the outside. The best ones do. Well, on the e- outside? Either, either no. on the outside on the or as soon as you lift the lid, it's right there well, on, that's the where it is on the inside of the lid. Yeah. All right. That's that's those two places. So life being a box of chocolates where you never know what you're going to get is a bad description. Well, if it's a wrapped box of chocolates that you can't open, you don't know right. what you're going to get. I actually don't think that's the line in the book either, too. I think they actually changed the line and it reverses somehow. What's the, the line book. from the book? I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, well, yeah. Life is like a box of chocolates. You know exactly what you're going to get. There you go. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless the person that got you the box of chocolates opened it up already, took the piece of paper out that has the description of what they are, and just then gave, gave it idea. to you just, or, to, just to be a dick. Or tasted them all. Well, once you open the box of chocolates and look at the guide, then sure, you know what you're going to get. It says salted caramel. Where's the salt? Mm. Someone just... For a second there, I thought you were actually eating something, but no, no, you're looking at your fingers. No, You do realize that when you salt something with sugar in it, it just makes it sweeter, right? Yes, I know that, but some sea salt they put on top as well. Okay. Mm. Shut the fuck up. All right. That reminds me, I got a DeBrandt (laughs) chocolate catalog in the mail today, and I can't wait to go through it. DeBrandt is this beautiful chocolate company out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. They do exquisite work. Oh, my God. Mm. All right, I'm shutting down this this podcast and going to go order some chocolate. (laughs) Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 300, sorry, 413. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check, Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're here to talk week and geek. Now everybody here has seen Thor Ragnarok. Is that correct? Yes, we have. What? Yes. We're five for five. There's a new Thor movie? What? What? Just a rumor. Andy's yeah, it comes Thor. out next week. Comes out oh next yeah, week. my knee is Thor. You're, you've been moving. Yeah, moving boxes. I have. I have too much shit. You and Commander K are roommates now. Yes, we are. You are. You are the. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. You are the Bruce Banner and ba-dum, Thor ba-dum, ba-dum, of the Geek Shock podcast. Ba-dum. Yeah, Bruce and Thor. It, it the Hulk and Thor. It's we're we're not Tony and bruce did no, you notice that no. we're we're thor and yep well andy's thor well i wanted to keep it more you know in the now All right right that's okay now if you haven't seen it don't worry we're not going to discuss the movie and the spoiler talk until the end of the podcast so we'll Damn warn you when that it. begins it's something to keep you involved okay so you stay <laughs> stay part of it mm. all the way down too, too late too late so don't worry. If you haven't seen it, we'll warn you before we start talking that, and we'll save it for the end so you can enjoy the show till then. Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I saw Thor. Mm. God damn it. Yay, I win. You saw it how many times now? Uh, three. Damn. Yeah. It's really funny. First time, absolutely loved it. Second time, I actually was like, this is a very good movie. Uh, it's a very good movie. But I, I wasn't like, oh, I, I love, and then the third time I loved it back again. So it's mm. kind of it was actually very funny. Well, we can go into it when we go spoiler free, cause spoilers. But, but yeah, I I really enjoy the hell out of movie. It's fun. That's me. Oh, wow! <clears throat> I heard that brewing from the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was oh, what's right. up, Rick? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you see. Oh, that's. What we are. 
Rick and Morty. Oh, Kirsten and Andy. There you go. I'm just going to burst in on you nights when you're sleeping. I'll be just like, Andy, Andy. You, you're you're going to drag him out of the bed naked. <laughs> oh, Rick, let me put some clothes on. No. <laughs> oh, God. That would be the end of the... Uh, the you'd be like, oh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> uh, Andy, I got... Oh, God, you're naked. Oh. Um, what the fuck was... Oh, I watched the... Uh, I've been wa- I watched Critical Role as I've spoken about before. Now that they've done their D and D campaign wrap up, and Matt Mercer, who is their DM extraordinaire, has gone off on his honeymoon with Marisha Ray, who's one of the other players. Uh, the other people were doing uh, one-offs, and okay. they did a two-episode Vampire the Masquerade, which had the cute conceit that they had wrapped up filming their final episode of the big D&D campaign and then wake up in coffins because they've been turned into vampires. Oh, wow. So 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 they're They playing, are the vampires. They are the vampires. They're playing Vampire the Masquerade. Apparently Talison Jaffe is a big fan. Oh. And, and to the point that they were playing his home-brewed hacked rules Vampire the Masquerade, no less. Hmm. So, very fun and entertaining. The, I left off with them. They experiment with their vampireness. Uh, they've been getting a lot of blood from rats. As one would. They find a rat and crack it open. And, and keep in mind, this all starts. So they're not Ventru is what you're telling me. Yeah, right. Uh, crack open so a rat. Playing, they're playing Angel. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's right funny. There. They haven't revealed clans yet. Okay. Uh, it was pretty Sir Matt. Mercer was La Sombra before he got offed by the sunlight. Mm. Um, Travis has Auspex, so that I can't imagine he'd be uh, Auspex. Auspex is a, is a sight. You can see people's emotions and have heightened senses. How do you spell Auspex? A U S P E X. Okay, so like auspicious. All right, I, I was, I was, I was hearing it as auspex, like, like A W E S P E C. Oh, got the no. auspex on, man. That's Liam. Liam O'Brien has the presence ability that allows him to awe people and mm. kind of seduce them. And then tied into the glasses. Uh, <laughs> wow! Only, only your glasses, Andy. Oh, okay. Laura Bailey has obfuscate, which kind of she hasn't morphed in the face to become Nosferatu yet, but that it's only That's, a matter of time. Yes, and uh, and Sam Regal has celerity, which I think in the base clans is only uh, isn't that the only Bruja? Sounds right. Yeah. So, but they're they're having a lot of fun. One of the really cute conceits of it is they briefly find out before everything goes to shit that Gary Gygax was behind it. Fun. And Mm. he was a vampire setting this up because apparently they were going to turn him into vampires and then do like Twitch feeds and stuff. And it's kind of... Did you hear that? Yeah, 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 we heard that. (laughs) Oops. And it's really cute because Gary Gygax is running a game of vampire. Um, that is cute. And he's really pissed because Matt Mercer... Oh, by the way, folks, spoilers. We're not doing this one at the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, Matt Mercer... Gygax is pissed because Mercer was burnt up by the sun. And he's like, he's supposed to be the dungeon master. 
What are we supposed to do? And Sam Regal's, well, Gary, you're a dungeon master. You could run us through something. And Talis and Jeffy does this magnificent delivery of, ah, uh, to be honest, Sam, I really wanted to play with Matt. <laughs> and it fucking killed the table. And just the way he delivered the line was just, just absolutely killed. It was so fucking hysterical. So it was really amusing. They're not starting up their new ongoing campaign till next year, so they'll be doing little one-offs, bits and pieces and stuff. Uh, apparently next... Well, actually, I think they've already done it because I'm, I'm behind. The next one-off was Travis Willingham, who played the Goliath Barbarian Grog, will be running a D&D one-shot for the crew as their D&D characters. So his Goliath Barbarian will dungeon master oh, wow. an adventure, adventure with all of them well, playing their characters, seat. playing characters, which is a great, great little idea. So they've been they're 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 just as crazy and goofy as as always. Uh, they're and they're all voice actors. Watching Tellison be DM was cool because he was doing voices. He's going overboard with voices too. So. That that's a, it's a great little show. It really is. It really, I really, I really do enjoy it. I'm sad that I've caught up because now I have to have actually nothing to look forward to. I have to wait. Mm. I can't binge. I'm a binger. <laughs> You're a bit. So he's the most powerful binger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we Point break. We don't have to have a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Oh Jesus! That oh that movie. Okay. Mm. Anyway, so uh, that was one geeky thing I did. I don't know. Uh, now, now the neat thing about this new arrangement is if I forget shit, Andy can always right. remember for me. Yeah. How many times do you want to kill him, though? Uh, so far, I haven't. You know, I've, only, I've only tried to place on fire once. Yeah, yeah. He, he did leave um, the stove on. Um, <laughs> and that God was, damn it. That was great God because <laughs> there's this text, K, call me, call me. Then there's a voice message, and I pull up the voicemail. Yeah, Kay, it's Andy. Call me. <laughs> My phone was off because I went to the doctor earlier today, so I get these messages an hour old. That would give you some anxiety. So I could not actually no anxiety. I no? was just like, he just said, call me. All right. So I called him, and he's like, yeah, I think I left the stove on. <laughs> it's like. Why'd you leave a fucking message to call? Just leave a message. I think I left the stove on. And then he offers his explanation. <laughs> I was racing back from the other side of town. If I had beat him there and been able to turn the stove off, I would have come up with some other reason why I need to call me. <laughs> just, oh just a text. Did I leave the stove on? No. No, just call me. <laughs> oh, God almighty. They're dead. They're screwed. <laughs> Did I leave the iron on? <laughs> what, didn't, wasn't, couldn't Duncan turn it off? What? He was with me. He was oh, with yeah. him. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, in, in my defense, I, I have not slept a lot lately. Uh, I, I did do a about a 38-hour uh, stint at one point moving, so... Uh, it was a bigger job than I thought. I, was, I would have asked for help, but by the time I realized it was in over my head, it was like, like, too late. Too late. Never, ever moving ever again in my life. If if I don't have, if I don't have several hundred dollars to buy from movers, mm -hmm. I'm not moving. Yep. I will. I will mm. crumble. Yeah. To dust 
in my broken down foreclosed home because it yeah sitting on a porch with a shotgun saying you'll get my damn pops when you get thrown out of my cold dead fingers <laughs> exactly. and i'm not moving this couch yeah tying balloons to the ceiling oh come on he'd have he'd have the beard all grown out he'd have the hair grown long and he'd have his staff going you shall not pass can you grow a beard i've never seen you with a beard me no i think there's a I um I haven't gone full on, but I think Duncan's beard is thicker than mine. Duncan's beard is thicker than most. He's got a pretty <laughs> thick beard. Yeah, but but it's all under his his chin. No, yeah. my my it's, cheeks. We grow a neck beard. It's, yeah. it's, it's part of the genetics. Yeah, well, it's part of the c- nerd culture. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but I I yeah no, my beard is. You know some of those jihadi pics where you see the guys <laughs> who are like you you see the mighty bearded guys. And then you see those those kids who were who they look like bohemians who came out of a French cafe. <laughs> you know, those, patchy the, Isis. Those pa- yeah, patchy Isis. I think I've never tried to go full beard, but if I did, I think I'd be patchy Isis. So worst, worst strawberry shortcake character ever. I was gonna say, isn't that a weather report? It's yes. like, and we've got reports of patchy Isis in the northeast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> There's a patch of ISIS over here. There's some ISIS. Over, there's a little bit of ISIS over there. It's been I was, isolated. I want slip on some patchy ISIS on her. Like, oh yeah, no. <laughs> Broke they're my just, They're just waiting to strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so no beard. No beard. Try it. Andy, you're my beard. That's right. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but um, but wow. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say I. Uh, Went to uh, before you com- start, Jeff. What? I did nothing. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, oh. we got that okay. out of the way. Oh, so good. something different. Matt this did week. nothing. We'll check that off the uh, <laughs> the weekly checklist. There. Uh, I went to the comic book store because I was thinking of at Stargate Atlantis has been on frequently. SG One in Atlantis has been on El Rey. Getting you all we've, excited. We've for talked. The gates. To, we've talked about it a couple of times, and then Origins is coming up soon. And the company that bought the license for Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe comics just put out volume one of the Atlantis run. So I went and picked that, went looking for that, picked that up, and all right. got also the, I think it's the third volume of the Back to the Future compilations that they've been running. So that was cool. I hadn't, uh, hadn't been in there in a while. I had first gone to Alternate Reality. He didn't have them in stock, but so, so sweet. He jumped right on the phone and called Cosmic. And, uh, That's what he does, man. Yeah, so nice. Ralph's Ralph's awesome. Same thing, and the, on the same token, the the people at Cosmic were amazing because I didn't find it initially, and was just gonna check out with my Back to the Future comic, and the the young lady at the register is like, "Did you find everything okay?" And I said, "No, I I don't know if I was just looking in the wrong spot, but I'm looking for this." She punched up in the computer. And she's like, "Yeah, we have a copy." So. I think I know where it's at. And she's like, follow me real quick. And she was like, is this the one you're looking for? And I'm like, yeah, that's it. So super, super helpful. And you weren't uh, a dick and say, oh, I don't want that one. No, I, I, I bought it because that's what I was oh, looking for. Oh, awesome. So <laughs> I'm going to have to think of that sometime. <laughs> um, let's see. And then. Uh, Come on. You and I both were comic retail. You that, played that, that a, game. Is that a crease in the corner? No. Oh, look at, look at right by the mm, staple. Yeah. There, are a couple of, there are a couple crinkles there. Come on. No. Mm. <laughs> you get one out of the back, yeah, and then oh, leave the store, and <laughs> then leave the store while they're in the back. 
And I don't. I, I won't necessarily call it a geeky thing I did, but I got a geeky thing in the mail this week. I finally got my MST3K backer second gift, which was the D, uh, the Blu-ray box set. Oh, yeah, fine. You were lamenting they, not receiving that a little while. Uh, I wasn't sure. Sh- I mean, they, they sent an email out a couple weeks ago saying it is coming, but they didn't have a firm date. Yes, that's it. That is the... Um, the backer version, which has some exclusive content on it that won't be on the the regular store release. Oh. And as you said, it was released by Shout Factory. That's uh, it is Shout Factory is the one that got the uh, glorious the the license to because they Shout Factory for those who aren't in the know has been putting out as many episodes of MST3K as they are able to get the license for. So they have been very good about putting out those discs when they're available, as well as putting extra content on them. And this has, uh, the final disc in this set is all extra content. So full on, just a full on Blu-ray full of extra content. So I'm super psyched about reading that. Now, since we're Sadly, my name is not in the little booklet that's in there what? as one of the backers. So I don't, Jake had pointed out when he was going, I think he put it up on Shock Monkey's Lair that when he was watching it on Netflix, he couldn't find my name in there. And I was like, huh, weird. But... What are you gonna do? You got your goodies. I got I got my 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 moon mug and I got my yeah I got my DVD Blu-ray. What box they need set. to do is everybody who should have been in the list who didn't make it, their name has to be worked into a script. There wow. you go. Ooh, I like it. Hope they didn't screw up too idea. much. It's gonna be a very dense <laughs> script. Just Joel Hodgson mm. reading names at the end of yeah. the episode. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's, like the MST, it's like the end of Ice Cream Jeff Social. Gunter. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the MST Turkey Day is coming up. They've got to fill the breaks in with, with content. Yeah, yeah, so he could do that. They, they could make a joke like, uh, you know, um, oh, we love Joel so much. We'd listen to him read out of a telephone book. <laughs> and, then yep. just, and, and, and all the numbers are 555. Five, five. Yes. <laughs> if they have less than 1,000 names, they can do it. Nice. I think that's everything I was going to say. Cool. Well, I just want to continue stroking Shout Factory for a little bit because they Whoa. also put out Scream Factory. Yes. Uh, which is their horror subsidy. And they put out the best horror Blu-rays out there. Period. There, There's none better. And they create their own uh, or they hire out their own fantastic cover art. So if you're a horror fan, you probably already know that Scream Factory is where you want to get your Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. What else did you do, guys? Uh, some friends in town, so I took them over to Geek Plaza, or whatever we're going to call that now. Where I wait, wait, the, wait, wait, wait. You probably took them to did Millennium not. Fandom? Did not. They're not drinkers. Um, <gasps> what? I know. Pinball Hall of Fame? Pinball Hall of Fame and Nerdgasm Nerdgasms. and Gamer's Paradise. Nice. We didn't go all the way down past the massage parlor to the other place. I haven't been inside that one yet, the other gig. But there's like four geek businesses in yes. the same parking lot. The last, the, the last one you can... Uh, Rent consoles there by the hour. Oh, is that um, what it and is? And they also have their own room of classic video games that the Pinball Hall of Fame doesn't have. So okay, very nice. I um played the is it Circus the one that there's only two of in the world. Yes, I played that and I actually for the first time got all the way up to the top and through the back of it. That is a super. That is a vertical pinball machine. Right. It's got four, one two. It's like five, four, four or five levels. Yeah, and, and, and the levels are increasingly hard to play because you have smaller and smaller spaces to work in. And, uh, yeah. So it's, it's an impressive it's, piece of pinball engineering. It is. I can see why they only made two of them because it is uh, a little weird and complicated for most folks. But, that it uh, is. But it's fun. 
Yeah. So I enjoy that one. That one in the Star Trek uh, TNG machine yeah. are my favorites. Medieval Madness is my go-to these days. That's uh, a good uh, classic, you, man. Yeah. Used to be um, Theater of Magic, but Theater of Magic is always broken now. Ah. Mm, yeah. I bought a mascot for the recorder. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. I have, I have a Porg on the recorder now. It's going to stay on there forever. Poor corridor. Poor corner. Now, what did you do with the box? Is it in those pile of boxes? Yeah, it's in a pile of trash. How dare you? <laughs> why, why? Why would I keep a box? I'm, I'm an out-of-box collector myself, so it's yeah. fine. I was just busting right. your balls. What I, I was lo- busting your porgs. What I lo- yes. <laughs> hey, don't bust my porgs here, buddy. I'm the one that doesn't you're, like to take stuff out of the box. porgs. <laughs> now, it's a, it's a pop. Yes. But pop eyes and porg eyes are pretty much the same thing, so it doesn't look like... A porg. I put a picture of it up on the Shock Monkey's lair before we started, just so I can... You mean a pop? Ah, crap. Yeah. You said a porg. Same. <laughs> it's, okay. It's a, it's a porg pop. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he says it doesn't look like a porg, but it not, is a porg. Not. Oh, it looks like a porg. Not a pop. There you go. It doesn't look like a porg. It looks like a pop. Popeyes. Well, the MST da, ones da, da, don't da, da, look da, like da, pops da. either. They just da, look da, da, like da, da. Crow and Tom, so... I'm I'm out of space. I'm like, can you record me for the for this thing? I'm sorry. Yeah, I got no. you. Andy. Okay. Oh. No, we're not going to record an unboxing. This yes, thing. we are. Why? Because it's some it, random. This is not video. This is no. All right. You you, oh. you you can open it and tell us what you got. All right. <laughs> fine. Well, no, it's the video. Is, the, the video I oh. posted. The the preview video. Oh, the preview video. Yes. Yeah. So just so you know, Torgo. Why don't you just put that on as a separate thing uh, instead of fine. during the cast well, I thought it'd be interesting no you need to hunt <laughs> wow you need to well, hunt well I gotta know I'm shut the it. fuck down yeah, shut he, down he shut that down god <laughs> damn Torgo there's a chase now. variant and it's flocked so it's uh, you need to it's find that flocked? one flocked what, what do you mean it's flocked it's uh, they, furry they actually furry. put the furry things yes. on there I'm cool with this no you I, gotta get that I don't, one I don't, gotta get, I don't have to get funky with my pops get bit by the bug collect I don't gotta have my pops <laughs> Should we tell? He's like <laughs> <laughs> having a sad Andy moment of him yeah. opening his own little bag. <laughs> Who would you get? I'm not telling you. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. He got. Looks like he got Will. Andy already had right? a, yes. a a nice Andy moment because we were at dinner and all uh, over the place. They have uh, they put paper on the table there. Romano's and, macaroni grill and had crayons. So Andy starts sketching like. He sits down, and within like 30 seconds, he has a sketch. I'm looking over, I'm like, Jesus, Andy. I'm like, because th- in my, and then Todd and I almost simultaneously talking about how that's better than any drawing we've ever done in our lives. And Andy <laughs> did this in like 30 seconds. So it's amazing. He just did yeah. one line of Coke, and yeah. he was yep. sketching Woo-hoo! for 40 minutes. <laughs> So there's a, there's a picture well, of it up in the it lair. It was Diet Coke. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and we were all amazed the first time he took that straw and just snorted Ooh. right up his nose. But by God. Cleaves those sinuses right out. Oh. The bubbles do something. It's tickly. It's tickly. Anything else, gentlemen? Oh, there's something, but. Uh, I got nothing. I watched more <laughs> claw videos. Yes, you did. Claw videos. Man. I, I love oh. how the votes went for you to watch Last Starfighter, and you're like, eh, I'm going to watch. But the thing is, like, <laughs> time I, I was I was an offering like, what should I watch? I will let you decide. That was my going. What did I decide to watch tonight? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so, I played a claw game. Did you? When it, I the second time I went to see Thor, I was ah. waiting for my friends. We were at the Orleans, so I went inside that game area. They had a claw game. 
Those things are rigged. Yes, they're rigged. Those claws don't grip at all. Mm -hmm. They come down, they grab it, and I'm like, oh, wow, this was actually kind of easy. And the claw comes up, and it just lets go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's... uh, The the stuffed bear didn't even move. mm Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't even jostled. I was just like, man. No, you know, they, it's they, funny. Yeah. I was going to say, after watching the videos with Torgo, I never want to play one of those machines again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, I, he's, I'm sure he's going to tell you yeah. why right I, now. I went down the rabbit hole of arcade owners and going into the inner workings of their varying machines and how to program them to make the claw stronger, weaker, make it so that when it hits the top, it opens up. Uh, that's, uh, that's a full-on rigged machine. Uh, there's some states that there's actual law of claw machine payout. Like in Michigan, I think it's like th- for every 35 attempts, it has to pay out something. You know, in Vegas, where it has there's a percentage zone payout in mm-hmm. Vegas for right. slot machines. Yeah, there's a payout law in on a lot of states for claw machines. 35. That's an expensive stuffed bear. Yes, yes, it is, and and. In fact, the, uh, the, the machines that you, like, I know this is rigged, but I just can't prove it, like the where you have to push the key through the very small hole or oh, yeah. you're, you're maneuvering something, you have to get in a very, very small place with, like, an arrow or something, those are literally paid out, like, one to 500. Like, you set it that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, like, like, for every $500, this thing is set to pay out. Now, it's still a game of skill. You still have to aim perfectly to win once it's allowed to pay out. Mm-hmm. But until it's reached that amount for for the big prizes like the iPads or the Xbox Ones or whatever they so are. So, it does one of these, like, mid-key. It, it goes, like, to the side. Yeah. Like, yeah. At, yeah. The, at the very last moment, it just it veers over. And, wow. And you can watch the uh, the YouTube yeah. videos of the arcade owner showing it. This is how it works. This is before the payout. This is what it does. This is what it does after the payout. And you can set it anywhere from 1 to 1 to 9,999 to 1. Yeah, he had like one. This is what you'd program for, like when you see an iPad in a in a machine is like one to fifteen hundred. So fifteen hundred dollars for every one dollar you put in. Yeah, fifteen hundred tries. Fifteen hundred tries before it'll. So they are guaranteed to make fifteen hundred dollars before they have to give out one of those prizes. That's how they get you. Yeah. So when you see those machines, realize once it's ready to pay out, it will pay out once Mm. it's hit that amount, and then the next person that is actually able to skilly get it through that hole or whatever, they will win that prize, but it has to reach that amount of money first before it allows it to do mm-hmm. that. Yep. It's worse odds than odds on the carnies. Well, and they were it's also showing like some of the games, like you can perfectly tap the button. Like when it's, when you would normally need, have it, it perfectly aligned, but they can program it to go like, an, say another millimeter past mm-hmm. after you tap the button or you can have it go further past, but Essentially, you know, as soon as you tap the button, it should stop. They can program it to keep going. Sure. So. And and you find more of this kind of problem in the smaller places, in the little movie theaters or yeah. the little or the Seven uh, Elevens or the laundromats. When you get to places like Dave and Buster's, they make their money by people coming back and actually winning something, so their machines aren't so rigged. Have you ever been in one of the places where they have the claw machine and the lobster tank? Never been, but I've seen videos. I've seen one. There, was, there was one downtown for a while. The Mickey Finns had that for a yeah. while. Oh, did they? I, yeah. I saw it. I never played it. Yeah. But yeah. It seems really cruel. It does. <laughs> it does seem sick. And 
there was one I, at um, on Fremont Street. The um, there's a pub there that had it. Mick, that actually Mickey, got Mickey Finn. Is that the one? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of it, but I mean, yeah, they, they took that out. Yeah, because of did. Um, people saying shit. Or um, dude, those th- things are just horrifying. Yeah, they're just horrifying in general. Now I don't know if I can eat lobster. I mean, every time we go to Red Lobster. You walk in right to the, the check-in kiosk, <laughs> and you just see the lobsters in the tank move all to the back. <laughs> They're piling up on each other. They're ki- trying to hide, and it's just like, oh, my God. I want the just... one with the cute little eyes. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I like, I like, we have the live tanks at my work, and uh, I like watching them fight each other because... <laughs> Jeff is underground lobster fighting. Jeff is the grandmaster of lobsters. At, uh, the first rule about Lobster Fight Club. God damn it, you do not talk about Lobster Fight Club. This lobster I'll tell is you why my grand it's a, champion. I'll tell you why it's amusing, because I've seen wildlife videos of how lobsters fight each other, but ours have the rubber bands on their claws, yep. so they run at each other like they're going to start using their claws, and then they can't use their claws, so they're just basically tapping claws against each other and they're not really doing any damage to to one another one it's, just, abs- it's amusing to watch them <laughs> run back Wouldn't and forth it be terrible if they weren't trying to fight they're actually the tapping is a way of communicating help yes. me <laughs> help me I once, I once saw an episode running of, out of breath i think no, it was iron chef no breathe, oxygen in this water breathe <laughs> yeah i once saw an episode of iron chef i think it was bobby flay and they're they're doing a lobster battle and one of them got the rubber bands off or something uh-huh. and he's like with the knife and the camera goes over and he's like oh we got some action over there and he's trying to get at the lobster and the lobster's like oh yeah motherfucker like oh and it's like yeah and then alton brown was like should we let him go like should we, can we let him go he's i think he's earned his freedom <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you gotta watch those crabs i'll take the knife from you we had yeah. for for a while we had one of those king crabs in our tank and those things are freaking yeah. huge well, one of my coworkers was taking that would take that out every now and then and take it for a walk. So he would just walk it around the back of the restaurant, and I'm just like, "What are you doing?" That's, wow, it's kind of adorable, I yeah. guess. Why does my, to it now? Why does my lobster taste like four? <laughs> <laughs> it's gone now, huh? Someone ordered it. Oh yeah. It's like Pinchy in The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> it's he took it home. He couldn't bear to cook it. Oh, <laughs> oh I, now, I read recently that the coconut crab is the largest crab. Is it? It's in there. Oh mud. yeah, I've seen. Pictures. Are you talking like wait, the, wait, the, wait, the mud, wait, the wait, mud crabs down in Australia? Those, the, the, those I, giant I didn't things. Know about those? I know it's called the coconut crab. That's yeah, all okay. I know. See, wait, wait, they're, they're massive. Yeah, wait, wise. Uh, but I've Huge. never seen or heard of coconut crab on the menu. So I'm, I'm wondering how tasty on, they are. Well, I think they mostly live on one little island. I think it might live okay. on Christmas Island. All right, so I think there, there's an episode of Penn Sunday School where he yeah. talks about uh, that. Uh, I yeah, think the title is something like "Crabs as big as dogs." Fuck me. Yeah, they're yeah, monsters. Something like that. I mean, monsters. I mean, he, yeah. He's just horrified because he says if he's often said that if insects were insects were as big as dogs, he, he's he's off the planet. And then he found out about these things that are basically insects that are as big as dogs. Uh, that reminds me. <laughs> Uh, there is a horror small print imprint out there called uh, Thunderstorm Press. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a horror author that uh, died a couple years ago named J.F. Gonzalez. Uh, not really well known, but very well known within horror circles. Mm-hmm. 
And Thunderstorm Press is going to release, I think, in January or February, a tribute to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's called like Alex. His he's best known for his book Clickers, which is about giant monster crabs. And this is a short story compilation that is both in this Clickers universe and a few others that he wrote. Mm-hmm. But this Thunderstorm Press book is a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and it has forty authors. The pretty much the best of the best of the current midlisters. Mm. Uh, you know, Brian Keene, Mary San Giovanni, uh, Rath James White. Basically, everybody that was on that DC horror comic is also writing on this. Oh, okay. But that uh, $100 book is autographed by all 40 of those authors. Oh, wow. wow. So, but it's and, all different short stories taking place in the same universe. Okay. It, yeah. So if you're interested at all in the current midlist of horror authors out there and want to get a really cool collectible book, for a hundred bucks, because mm-hmm. they're only making 175 of these. Wow! So, and I know they're selling out pretty quick. So I, I, have... I, I nabbed mine, but I want to make sure that the shock monkeys know it's out there in case that's your bag. I have a book that's written by a bunch of Florida uh, writers, uh, and it's like it's like eight or nine authors, and they're telling the same story. Like they 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 one read a chapter and pass on to the next one without trying to continue the story. The uh, uh, Horror Writers Association used to do that all yeah. the time. They, they release a book every year in that vein. Yeah, this one's called Naked Came the Manatee. <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. And I'm, when, I, when, I, when, it, when it turns up, I'll bring it over. And well, it's it always good to be naked when you come. Yes. <laughs> no. When, when I find that book, I'll bring it over Lots for of you. stains otherwise. And, and who isn't turned on by mm. a manatee? Let's, let's face it. Oh, the humanity. Oh, those are. Oh, the huge manatee. It's the whiskers that get me. Yeah, I like the little scars from the propellers of the boats that <laughs> ran over them. <laughs> those aren't done. Not, not, those aren't those done on purpose. Good, but, mm-hmm. Is that ritual scarification? Yes, yeah. they are, Andy. Okay. I, I figured it was coconut crabs. But what do I know? <laughs> the, rit- yeah, the, the ritual of the boat dr- going over <laughs> you and just yung 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 yung. All right. Well, you know what? There's a lot of news. Oh shit! Yeah. So we're just gonna hammer out a That's bunch just of news. Fucking blow that news right out. I like the way you think. News you don't give a shit about. Yeah. Bastard. It happens all the time. <laughs> it didn't happen last week. He's got a point. Yeah, we don't well, give a shit. We'll about make it. up for it this week. I've got one. Oh. <laughs> I got but one too, it's, baby. It's uh, who? It's it's. It's fun. Uh, Producers Chris Morgan and Alex Kurtzman, uh, who are supposed to spearhead Universal's monster-driven mega-franchise Dark Universe, have reportedly left to pursue other projects. Kurtzman, who also directed this year's The Mummy, the film intended to launch Dark Universe, is reportedly departing to focus on TV projects like his Star Wars Discovery. Uh, Morgan is returning to the Fast and Furious franchise, where he has already written six films, including the 2017 mega-hit Fate of the Furious. Even before The Mummy was released in June, Universal was heavily touting the major stars it had lined up for the Dark Universe, a shared universe concept meant to revive the classic Universal monsters. A photo of the tentpole's intended stars included Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man, Russell Crowe as Dr. Henry Jekyll, Javier Bardem as Frankenstein's monster. It was heavily circulated. A writer's room was convened, and Beauty and the Beast director Bill Condon was announced as the studio's choice for a remake of Bride of Frankenstein. 
Dark Universe represented both the key piece of the Universal Pictures legacy and a chance for the studio to branch out into the same shared universe territory already explored by Marvel Studios, DC Films. And I'm noticing a lot X-Men. of past tense in this uh, thing. Yeah. Now all that appears to be in greater jeopardy than it was after The Mummy's critical and commercial failure over the summer. The film managed to top $400 million worldwide against a budget of $125 million, but doesn't include the marketing costs. The mega-budgeted mega blockbuster starring Tom Cruise was supposed to perform better. In the wake of The Mummy performance, Universal pulled the plug on Bride of Frankenstein's production last month, leaving the film's future uncertain. Despite these setbacks, Universal is adamant that the future monster... F- Films will still move forward, but at their own pace. We've learned many lessons throughout the creative process on Dark Universe so far, and we are viewing these titles as filmmaker-driven vehicles, each with their own distinct vision, Universal President Production Peter Kramer said. We are not rushing to meet a release date, and we'll move forward with these films when we feel they are the best versions of themselves. Boy, that's some wordy note-giving-a-shit about... Dark Universe is basically falling apart. That reminds me, uh, when I was in Universal uh, two months ago, they had just reopened the Mummy, uh, Mummy's Revenge, the the roller coaster, coaster, and I found out why it had been closed when I was there, um, I think it was December of last year. They were turning it to Mummy's Revenge? Uh, No, they took out all the Brendan Fraser-era theming and replaced it with the Tom Cruise oh, did they? theming. So that's why it had been closed. It said it's still the same basic coaster, just but all the theming inside Brandy. was changed. So, so they filmed Tom guy. Cruise elements for it then? I don't know if Tom Cruise himself is in it, but they said it was all the theming was changed to the the new Mummy movie. So does that mean it's also the female Mummy? I guess so, yeah. Oh. The Fummy? The Fummy. It's, 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 it's Tim Cruise. <laughs> He's a little cheaper, cheaper to deal yeah. with. He, he, he sells himself out to kids' birthday parties. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I wanted a clown. You're getting Tim Cruise. He comes in a safari suit and a pith helmet with a roll of toilet paper. Oh, the mummy. Watch it. Who's the birthday kid? You're the mummy. Look at you. Oh, wrap him up in wait, toilet paper. Wait, you're starting to sell me on this. <laughs> This might be marketable. I know. I'm sorry. I made it too good. Whoops. Yeah, you see he's hand in hand with Armand Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> arm in arm. Yeah. Uh, um, wasn't it Ben's? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, you know how you actually make this thing work? Oh, please, enlighten me. Van Helsing. You, you, you go with a well-executed, well-done idea along the lines of what they did with Hugh Jackman. And you make Van Helsing the monster hunter, and he's the one who's encountering the various monsters. That's that's really going to be your linchpin. Sure. And, and now, would you do that with the classical or modern? Uh, I I honestly think you go you go uh, period. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you. I mean, shit. I'm fucking nuts enough that I'd even say <laughs> I'd even say go black and white. Ah. But definitely go period. The the Jackman Van Helsing, it it, it I thought had tr- uh, conceptually had tremendous potential. potential. Yeah. Holy mackerel! What an idea! 
Because you really could have done a whole series of movies where he's just going up after this type of monster. And for whatever, they got all excited. They crammed in so much in the first one. And then they just started to lose control of things. And it went really off the rails. But, um, you know, I mean, Jesus yeah, Christ. Who did, who did he meet? He met... Um, he met Dracula. Hyde, he met the. He, there was a werewolf. Monster. He hide in the beginning. And the bride. You know, Frankenstein's even and Frankenstein's monster played an important part in the whole and, thing. And actually had was had some really interesting shit that was not a uh, yeah. monster interpretation. It there were plenty of things about it that on paper were just like and Hugh Jackman in a motherfucking action movie lead and Beckinsale. Yep. Running around killing, mon- yeah. So, she she was no damsel in distress. No, she was no. She was right out there, and 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 yet the movie they they really didn't you know. But I'm I think you do period, and uh, and even the stuff that doesn't make it to period, like the Gill Man, which actually was contemporary to the fifties, yeah. the forties. Make that period. Just do it all Victorian steampunk. Is a thing. I'm not saying this goes full steampunk, but you shoot for that aesthetic. Van Helsing was pretty steampunk. Yeah, but well, I, well, he, yeah, but I'm saying, well, I'm pointing that out. Yeah, but uh, also, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, like the the pseudoscience of it. Frankenstein mm-hmm. was certainly motherfucking steampunk. His weapon too. It was like a steam powered crossbow. Or whatever. Sure, you know, all of that stuff. There was plenty there. That and I think that would be the way to go. You 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 find yourself a Van Helsing and you make him the linchpin. You had Frankenstein versus the Wolfman. You had those, and they actually had some neat ideas when they made those movies back then. But ironically, the thing that really hammered—I <laughs> uh, didn't mean to do that—but that was good. Um, the, the the really nailed together the, the all the monsters in the same movie was the Abbott and Costello one. Oh yeah, which was a which was a raging comedy, but it had everybody. It had all just about all of them. You you need something outside of the individual monsters. Dracula cannot tie it together. Frankenstein's monster, maybe Frankenstein, maybe Doctor Frankenstein could be a connection or something. But I really think. You get yourself a Van Helsing. Whether you go now, y- a guy going out, do you need that? young, young, sexy, oh. you know, Hugh Jackman, hottie hero, or you go with an older hero. Because my favorite Van Helsing is still motherfucking Anthony Hopkins and mm. Coppola's Dracula. That was balls now, of do fun. You, do you need it to be um, basically a whole bunch of Van Helsing movies, or is Van Helsing just something that shows up for a few minutes to sort of link it together, and then somebody I, else deals with it? I, I lean towards Van Helsing movies. I realize that that's a real departure from what Dark un- Dark Universe. Well, we really don't even know what they're really doing with Dark. Right. So it becomes Van Helsing versus Dracula. I don't Dracula. think they knew Van what Helsing they were doing with it either. Van Helsing versus Dracula. Then Van Helsing, you know, because you do like like the the Marvel model, right? You start building. Mm-hmm. Unlike bad sequels where. <clears throat> Spider-Man. You you just start throwing more and more villains in each and every one. You do your build. So you might have your Van Helsing equivalent of Iron Man, but you're going towards your Civil War and Avengers with with having more and more coming in. That's and, when you and bring all, in the Monster Squad. Yeah, well, right. something like that. So except that, in, that's when you bring Blade in. Depending on who the monster, who's the protagonist and antagonist. One of the coolest things about like Frankenstein versus the Wolfman 
or uh, was that Lon Chaney, they milked the whole, oh my God, I really fucking hate being a werewolf. This is, this sucks for me. You know, the interaction between him and the monster, actually, it was not a straight up, uh, let's just get together and fight. They actually made it tragic. Chaney was trying to help the monster. He actually felt bad, but he also tried to fi- figure his shit out. And in the end, it kind of tragically ended up that they f- they were fighting. You know, so there there was plenty there that I think you could actually sure because they they can't. I mean, as much as I like like the Universal films, they were so new at the time. Yeah, that these were new concepts to a lot of people. Mm. This, they're far from new concepts. They're far from scary anymore. Right. This, the last, not you, the last movie, but the Brendan Fraser version. Those were Indiana Jones movies. You're not going. You're but not I going like for horror. Great, yes. You're not going for horror. Yeah. You're going for action adventure. Yes. Right. Which yes. is the way they were going with Dark Universe. That the last Mummy movie is an action adventure film. Right. Right. And same with the Dracula. It and it's really adventure. funny that they they did that with the Mummy because I'm sorry, the Brendan Fraser, especially the first one and even the sequel, in my opinion, those were. Awesome. Yes. Oh, there, yeah. There's, there's, fun, fun. There's, fun, no fun, fight. fun. there's no fighting it. Those those were awesome. Yeah. And the first one's amazing, and the other two were fine. The third one... The third one... The third, fine. Fine. the third one definitely showed fatigue. But it's still yeah. fine. Um, the, the second one, I was impressed because, you know, a child, and you guys know how I feel yeah, about yeah. kids. Right. But um, <laughs> it, it the kid worked out, for fuck's sake. Says, says the guy, I'll let my son move in with him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I think Van Helsing. I think that that... That actually could be your linchpin. It'll never, ever go. So apparently we we give a shit about it, just not the way they're doing it, as far as we know. Well, we don't I, I, we I, don't know that they were ever doing anything substantial with it, because like even that article they, makes it sound like... But they had it all cast. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see The Last Mummy. I don't know what overtures they were making toward the next film. But I mean, I mean, these are big stars. If Bardem is Frankenstein's monster. Yes. Woo! Wow, that actually would have been something to watch. So, and I mean, apparently they're still happening, but now it doesn't seem like they're doing this whole dark universe. They're now just saying we're just splitting these monster movies up into giving it to directors to do what they will with it. Right. So I'm actually kind of for that idea. Good luck, guys. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Your your idea, Kirsten's the best I've heard mm. well, regarding thank this. Thank you, because Lord knows I couldn't come up with. Dude, anything. that Van Helsing movie was frustrating because the the execution just it, it you know <laughs> Stephen Summers just went ape shit. Um, yeah, it was missing a lot of elements, but yeah, there were there were pieces there. That but were... but conceptually, Van Helsing going out and encountering the monsters of Victorian era, the old classics. Brilliant idea. Just brilliant. Weekend Geek. Yay. Oh, that was quick. I told you, just one. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was quick. That's what That's she it. said. Just rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> oh, ooh. Did she say yeah. that? Ow, man. What's with Band-Aid on, dude? Pain. Ow. Uh-oh. Pain. The last Jedi director, Ryan Johnson, will be helming a new trilogy of films set in the Star Wars universe, which will be completely apart from the Skywalker saga. Good. Lucasfilm confirms Johnson will, quote, introduce new characters from a corner of the galaxy that Star Wars lore has never before explored. (laughs) Good. Unquote. 
Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy and Johnson will be working with a blank canvas in this new trilogy. That's in quotes, that blank canvas. And noted... (laughs) And noted this work on the upcoming Last Jedi is what led to the studios to lock him into a deal. First rule of pork fight. Nobody talks about pork fight. <laughs> the, news, <laughs> the news makes good on Kennedy's recent pledge that Lucasfilm is mapping out Star Wars saga next 10 years as the company sets up a viable succession plan for its va- vaunted franchise once the current trilogy of films wraps up with episode 9 in 2019. Quote, we're sitting down and talking about the next 10 years of Star Wars stories. And we're looking at narratively where it might go, Kennedy said during a recent episode of the Star Wars show. Future stories beyond episode 9 will with these characters, Ray, Poe, Finn, BB-8. But we're also looking at working with people who are interested in coming into the Star Wars world and taking us to places we haven't been yet. And that's exciting, too, because it's a vast galaxy far, far away. The possibilities are endless, unquote. Yeah, true. Right, and of course, a big sandbox playing it. And of and course, you- Johnson Star Wars Last Jedi opens December 15th. Now. And you don't have to be the same time frame as sure. Poe and all them. Like there's, yeah, like the very first Sith. Like those, that whole shit. Well, I want to see that. The old Republic era that you know only was addressed really in what, a few books and then the video game. The video game. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the series of movies dealing with the story of teenager Duke Star Runner. <laughs> as he leaves his backwater planet uh, for something greater than him reluctantly until his parents are killed and the uh, old guy the uh, old lady <laughs> old lady old lady yeah yeah you gotta make it come on diversity Star Wars Obi, diversity Obi-2 Kenobi <laughs> yeah it you know uh, I like him the the Star Wars celebration that they they had done a few months ago, several months ago, it was a while ago. Mm. It was in July, year. right? I yeah, it was during the summer. Yeah, he he just represented so well, and it sounded so cool. And uh, I mean, Last Jedi, I can hardly freaking wait. Oh, the, so, the preview show before Thor, and I I was. Of all the previews thrown, and a lot of good ones. I mean, Black Panther, that looks exciting. Oh, yeah. Pacific Rim 2, come on! You know what? I will say, that looked great. Yeah, I know. Pacific Rim 2 looks fantastic. I guess I'll have to watch the first one. First Me one's too. good. <laughs> Me too. I first one's the good. First one. Come on. Paul's not here. Embrace it. In fact, I was thinking in the theater, I was like, I need to pull up my Netflix queue and put uh, Pacific Rim on there. <laughs> It's not there. But, no, no, I get the discs. Remember, I don't need your oh. goddamn digital shit. Um, oh. Old man. <laughs> He's subscribed. Don't let him fool you. Fast <laughs> enough for you, old man. <laughs> <laughs> but that Star Wars preview was fantastic. I'm not just talking about the pork either. The whole thing looks... I'm excited. Crystal Super Fox. Excited. Crystal, that's the part. Yeah. Crystal Fox. Not, I mean, not only is it a nice visual concept, it sounds like a girl you'd want to date. Yes. Oh, I was thinking it was, uh, I thought she started with Harry Reams in the 70s. That's <laughs> wow. so, so, the, the stripper la- name? Coming up next, it's Crystal Fox. That's day three, day three, Crystal Fox. I just want to point out to everybody that Torgo and I were going in a more romantic yeah, uh, kind yeah. of, you know. Before this all got just... Yeah, before Andy and Jeff made it. Dirtied it up, pulled the crab across the floor. Yeah. We yeah, didn't do that. And which version do you think is going to be more popular with the audience? <laughs> I don't know, Lair. Let's find out. 
<laughs> do you want the nice romantic crystal fox or do you want the uh, crab that's been dragged along the restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he never dragged it. It walked on its own. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even... leash, too? Come on. Poor thing <laughs> is like, I'm out. I'm free. I just need to find an exit. Oh, there's no... There's, wait, wait, no. I'm going back in. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so one of my favorite stories I wrote was I was I was talking to a security guard at the win one day and I said, What's the weirdest thing in here? He goes, Probably the lobster room. I'm like, the what? So I went and talked to the PR people. And there's a room in the back of the win, back in the warehouses where they have, you know, a warehouse full of sheets and soap and stuff. All of a sudden they need the you know, they have several seafood restaurants there. So there's a room back in the warehouses of the wind with three thousand live lobsters. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, wasn't it the World's largest lobster tank at the I, time. I don't know if it was or not. I don't think it was, but no, it was. Right. Uh, but it's. They should uh, turn them loose into that pond yeah, yeah. when they start doing the pond parades. Right, yeah, right. But yeah, this is like, there was a marine biologist living in Las Vegas whose job was to keep the lobsters alive. Yep. And she was very good. She was, she could, she could like pick them up and tell what sex they were just by looking in the back of them, you know, by their tails. Yeah, she's every a time a, marine biologist. Every yeah. time the mater D came by to pick up a lobster, she'd smack him over the head right. with a stick. <laughs> she kept them alive. Yeah. <laughs> No, they don't, they don't have to live there for two weeks. Oh, and they don't feed them, too, which is weird. Lobsters can like live without well, eating. Well, they're not going to go in a fight club if they've eaten. Right. Well, like they, uh, they they can go without like a year without eating. So they don't. <laughs> that sounds horrible yeah. once again. This is. This is Life of wow. a lobster. I, you know, I used to love lobster, and now I just. I can't. So we starve them. We, we throw them in alive. We, them. We, we drive them across the floor. <laughs> We make them. F- we no, make no, them no. fight, fight, tap, communicate. No, we we let them walk freely <laughs> walk with the freely. illusion that they're escaping. <laughs> then we put them back in. Wouldn't it be cruel to let them get out the door into the desert? What the hell is this? Yeah, really. Would you rather be a wind lobster or a red lobster lobster? <laughs> That's the question you have to ask yourself about life. Because mm. <laughs> those are your only <laughs> options. Those are your only options. That's all you. I'll got. answer that question. I would want to be a wind lobster because everyone can afford lobster, red lobster. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so you're more than likely <laughs> an $80 lobster. Right. It, okay. So that's a good point, although you won't have to starve for a year. That's uh, mm. true. Yeah. <laughs> wow. God damn. Dark lobster. Cat. Oh, my God. Dark lobster. Dark lobster. I love that Uni- comic. Universal's Dark Lobster series. <laughs> there you go. Van Helsing, the lobster man, in his nor'easter. Oh, shit. Isn't that, that's a, uh, isn't that a uh, Magnolia character? <laughs> isn't, there a, isn't there a Mike Magnolia character called a lo- like Lobster Johnson? Yeah, or Lobster something? Johnson. Yes. Damn. You guys laugh, but like after this cast, Torgo's going to go on YouTube and find more claw videos and he's gonna watch the lobster claw videos i will not because they're rigged yeah <laughs> yeah they're all rigged <laughs> yes i got my lobster oh it went back down in the wait are you, are you telling me the lobster fight club is rigged you tell you what you just got to pay attention you know what tell watch me. i've not only watched the plush time wins i've started watching the claw couple which is another Another pair that do this. I've been to that website. They're they're based out of California, so they come to Vegas every now and then to film their their goodies. Uh And so I can see which hotels have the rigged claws and which one have the ones you can actually win things on. So, oh wow, there's something to be gained by by my 
60 sure, plus you, hours you of can, watching claw, sure, you claw can spend videos. two dollars to buy a 50 cent stuffed animal <laughs> what he's not telling you folks is uh this lobster couple is they come during the avn <laughs> and show them their stuff here in uh, here in Las Vegas. Yep, I, I love that you called them the Lobster Couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, they fell asleep underneath the sun, sun lamp. And oh yeah, well, this happens to the best of us. Yeah. Disney gave the green light to a live action Star Wars television series. Really, for their new streaming service. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, that, uh, that's the other shoe dropping right there. Oh, <laughs> oh I love it. I read, I read that. I'm like, but of course they did. Oh. Uh, diehard fans may remember George Lucas's announcement way back in 2005 of a live action series tentatively titled Star Wars Underworld. The idea stayed alive long enough to be tantalizing, but burning through a succession of script rewrites and artists before Lucas shelved it in 2010. The Not- Death Dealers versus... I don't know. Pork people. It's not clear yet. Underworld. (laughs) Not clear yet whether each installment of Disney's television Star Wars uh, world would stand alone or be a serial type show. CEO Bob Iger said the company plans four to five original movies a year in addition to the original TV series. So not only get the Star Wars TV show, but four or five Star Wars movies for their streaming service. See, that kind of concerns me. It's like, at what point do we reach oversaturation with Star Wars? Have we reached it yet? Yes. Yeah, but there's only like one movie a year at this point, not five movies a year plus, plus a TV an animated, series. We have an animated TV show. Right. Rebels. That's been going on for years. Yeah. Plus, before that, we had Clone Wars. Clone Wars plus the internet Clone Wars. Mm. So. But who really watched Clone Wars? I a did. lot of people watch Clone Wars. Yeah. Good. Yeah. My was... nephew is the only one I ever knew that watched it. Well, now you know three more. Nephews. Iger reportedly uh, said the Disney service will be priced, quote, substantially below, unquote, the current Netflix rate, since its introductory content offerings won't be nearly as abundant. In addition to the Star Wars series, Disney also has plans to launch live-action programming based on three of its other major properties, Marvel... Monsters, Inc., and High School Musical. Uh, Disney already was expected to go its own way once Netflix's deal ends in 2019, paving a clear path for the Marvel content currently offered on Netflix to go to its brand new home on Disney's upcoming streaming service. So... No, no, you go. Somebody had put up some article that supposedly said Disney said no, no, no. The Netflix series, Marvel series, will stay on Netflix. Don't know at this point. I've yeah. I've, I've read both now. Okay. So. The odd man out there is the, the High School Musical. It's a huge I, Disney. Franchise. I know it's, it's not big, for us, but but it's a big franchise. But yeah. there's like Monsters Inc. and Marvel. There's all this multiple worlds and characters. High school musical, what, are you just going to like have different high schools and different... Well, you can have the same... Yes. You can do the the old Saved by the Bell formula is, you know, you keep the same school, but you have the next class come in for yeah, a man. couple years and, like then, Degrassi and then they cover a couple high, years. Yeah. Degrassi Next Generation. Didn't something weird Dra- happen while Degrassi they moved Degrassi Next Class. Deep Space Degrassi. Yes. Mm-hmm. Degrassi Didn't... versus Saved by the Bell. And let's not forget this all started with the kids on Degrassi Street, which was even pre-junior high. Really? Yeah. 
Really? That well digs deep, my friend. Wow. There you go. Just just get a franchise based on uh, Ken What's His Name's kids. Yeah. Ken What's His Name's Ken kids. Ken What's His Name. Yeah, the, I don't, Ken I can't, Burns. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Burns kids. Oh, yeah. Why that moving, I want to see that. Why are they moving so slow while it's, somebody talks? It's your kids, Ken Burns. It's something to do about your kids. <laughs> All these 13-year-olds doing drugs and having sex and just... The nice, melodious Ken Burns in the background <laughs> talking about. Let wow. us not forget also, Andy, Smallville went on for 10 years when it was supposed to be a four-year project. So, mm. you know. Well, he got left back. Yeah. <laughs> Although, High School Musical, I, I remember when it was huge. Yeah. I, I haven't heard much talk in the or buzz about High School Musical in a long time. Mm. So I don't know how popular that idea would be still. But... <laughs> Unless those kids have now teachers teaching the next, yeah, yeah that way. Hey, hey Mr. Card, I want to do the, the sing age. and play thing. <laughs> High school musical, the graduate student years, <laughs> MFA, the musical. There you go, <laughs> Mr. Card. I got a note. I can't do plies. No. Epstein's mother. <laughs> <laughs> News broke Monday that Amazon has secured a multi-season commitment for a TV series based on the Lord of the Rings saga. Yeah. Oh, boy. With the possibility of a spin-off series to follow. The series, which does not yet have a release date, will reportedly follow a storyline set before the first book in the trilogy, The Fellowship of the Ring. Peter Jackson's prequel t- trilogy of the films, based on The Hobbit, already attempted to flesh out this territory a bit, but... Tolkien's world is vast, and so there's many avenues to pursue. Quotes, Lord of the Rings is a cultural phenomenon that has captured the imagination of generations of fans through the literature and the big screen, said Shannon Tal Iguado, head of the scripted series for Amazon Studios. You want to spell that one? Nope. <laughs> we are honored to be working with the Tolkien estate and trust Harper Collins and the new line in this exciting collaboration for television and are thrilled to be taking the Lord of the Rings fans on a new epic journey in Middle Earth. Red light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What exactly are they going to do? So they already did the ring thing. Seven seasons of walking. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty. There's plenty of story. Yeah, he wrote a shit ton mm-hmm. of, uh, of pre prequel material basically background and setup material the question is are they stories that people are going to want to see fleshed out and and depicted i mean well on the layer thomas head schooled me on oh. tom bombadil yep because I, I i i joked about tom, Bomb- tom bombadil miniseries mm-hmm. and then i did somebody asked who tom bombadil was and i Ooh. tried to describe the scene and boy and i was he, way he, off. he got it wrong and it, it was in it dramatic was, fashion it was tragic yep Hey, man, Bombadil's got his fans, man. Yeah, well, I mean, it was. I went back into the math. It's 38 years since I read that. You, I can see how your memory might slip. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. A little. Yeah. Wasn't, a little wasn't, bit. That, wasn't that when Jamie was a newborn? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, when I originally read this, my thought went back to the old uh, ice role-playing game, mm-hmm. the, the Middle Earth role-playing, yeah. and they release supplement for every single land of Middle Earth. Yeah. And so that's how I know most of Middle Earth is from that game. So it's a lot of rich story ideas in that. Tons. So I would be happy mining that. 
I don't know. But the problem then stems, do you touch the main story at all? Oh, like a mini series. series where you don't go to the... Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That, the, that these are the stories in and around Middle Earth. Not necessarily being Frodo and the gang. So like you, you have like the them drinking at the prancing prony and then the camera pans off to the left and there's there's Bob the Miller and we're gonna sure. follow his story. It's the yeah. whole series about Bill Fernie. Yeah. You know, after he got hit in the hey, face my, my, with Sam's apple. My name is Mark Gahan. I'm a rider of Rohan. And yeah. uh yeah. this is my horse. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? No, you can do it like cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much, We're responding much, to uh, Gondor the, here. And, much in uh, the same way that <laughs> Ryan Johnson is moving away from the Skywalker series. Mm. Maybe they should move away from the Baggins series. Sure. Rangers, Rangers, what you gonna do? What you, you know, oh my God, that would be great. Just Rangers yeah. walking through mm. the woods. Yeah, yeah most go. of the time, it's it's just woods. <laughs> There's a deer. There's a deer over there. Yeah, oh, 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 we got an end over there. Gotta give it a ticket. Well, what do we have here? Look at this. We got a shire over here. Are they cooking some meth? Let's go see. Uh, Very great. You guys are cooking all day long, all the time. Yeah, cooking. What are you cooking? It's like a little goblin by a stew pot, and he's just like... Now, look, Shugrut. I go walking through this fucking forest... Every week and <laughs> once a month, you're out here with your pot. I don't know what you're cooking. If I come back here next month, am I going to find it here again? <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I want to know. Look, you don't want to go back and spend another night in a dungeon. <laughs> yeah, well, you Peace say that now. <laughs> I was saying no. <laughs> You're saying that now, Shugrat. But you're going to be wanting to get in that dungeon. <laughs> as sure back. as I'm a ranger, don't make me bring Gandalf. Shugrat goes back to the station. All right, tell me what Shugrat did. Well, he... Do we have to fucking interrogate the Treant? <laughs> Fuck, can someone else get in here? <laughs> we got the wood elves throwing gang signs at the Sylvan elves. It's just awesome. Oh, oh yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. Elf and dwarf. Uh just territory shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Green light. Green yeah, light to yeah, green light on that. Green light that. Yes. Rangers, Rangers, what, what you, you gonna, gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do when the horn of Gondor blows? <laughs> <laughs> Next week on an all new Rangers of Middle Earth. <laughs> Walt Disney World News Today is reporting that beginning on November 17th, that soon, Visitors, how long, how long is that been sitting wow. here? No, this is actually just today. Oh. <laughs> this came out today, so two days from now. Yeah, oh. visitors to Star Tours at Disney parks on both coasts will be treated to all new content based on the sequel trilogy. Oh yeah, that's right. I did read about that. A completely new opening sequence will debut featuring BB-8 and other new sequel trilogy characters before the ride whisks you off to Jakku. The ride will then take you to Crate, the new salt and red soil planet from the upcoming Star Wars The Last Jedi. The ride will eventually offer guests a choice of whether they want to experience the older saga material, updated in 2011 with 3D effects, or the new material. It's unknown when this offering will be available, but 
uh, Walt Disney World News is estimating it'll be six to 12 months after the, the deb- debut of the crate scene later this month. So, I mean, they had BB-8 in Star Tours when I was there back in May. Did they? So, I mean, it's it's clear that with the way that it's set up now, you can add more material in there as you go. So, it yeah, it only makes sense they're going to put Last Jedi stuff in there. Well, BB-8's cute. He's not poor cute, but he's cute. Yeah. So it's going to be like Star Trek, the experience where they have these shuttles will be the old, these shuttles will be the new, and you get in this line for the old and the new, I guess. I, that's, that's, I don't know. It would be fun if you had like a, a vote, like there's a button in front of you. Which experience do you want? Well, the three Popular times. Popular vote wins. Katarn. Three times total that I've been on Star Tours, you know, it's randomized. So you get like, like uh, the last one when I was there in May, I believe we went to Hoth. And who voted know, for that? It it was just it it's it, it was still that day they had was, no choice. It was <laughs> still set in that time around um you know the last film, but it just happened to you know when sure, we came yeah, out of hyperspace, yeah. we almost crashed on Hoth and then got back into space and went on the rest of the journey. So Old Man Logan The alternate version of Wolverine, created by Mark Miller and Steve McNiven, has seen renewed interest in the last two years or so. After initially getting the spotlight in the 2008 Wolverine comic story of the same name, the character went dormant for a while before being resurrected by the universe-colliding events of Secret Wars. Then he both uh, got a chance to become part of the main Marvel Universe and have his own movie. Uh, James Mangold's runaway hit Logan, following the aged version of Hugh Jackman's superhero movie icon, was inspired by the character and his original story. Now, one of Old Man Logan's counterpoints is getting his own chance to shine. Marvel announced Old Man Hawkeye, a 12-issue miniseries from writer Ethan Sachs, who uh, wrote Secret Empire, Brave New World, and artist uh, Marco Cicero, who did Star Wars Captain Phasma, that will follow the title character through his own adventures. Five. That's my phone, guys. You're okay. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's trying to find it. But it's it. nice. We got Andy trained. He, yeah. he now instantly looks around guilty and reaches for his phone. <laughs> so it will follow the title character through his own adventures five years before the events of the original Old Man Logan story. Hawkeye is one of Logan's closest allies in the original series, but his famously precise vision has been taken from him by cataracts. In Old Man Hawkeye, Clint Barton will embark on a story in which he's already aware he's losing his sight, but must complete the mission anyway. The first issue of Old Man Hawkeye arrives this January. Wow. You know that they have an operation where they they cut out the lens and put in... Not in this world. No, this world, they just uh, cut out your eyes. It's post-APOC. Ah. They only cut into your eyes if you can't afford the laser surgery. It's supposed to be much more, uh, if they catch it early enough, it's supposed to be much more, uh, a much shorter recovery time. Especially when the Hulk kids do it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually the, the supervillain, the living laser. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and <laughs> or, or you've got Scott Summers really trying to focus his, his visor down. He's like, a, a now hold really, 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 really still. <laughs> I don't, I don't have that kind of money. I can only afford the swordsman. There you go. <laughs> the world of Jim Henson's classic 1986 fantasy film Labyrinth is officially coming back in comic book form. The new comic will be published by... Is that 
Akaya, I think. Akaya. It's an imprint of Boom Studios, written by Simon Spurrier, who wrote God Shaper, Power of the Dark Crystal as well, with art by Dan- Daniel Bayliss, who did Jim Henson's Storyteller, Dragons, and Kennel Block Blues. Boom, you're a studio. Is this an addition? Is this an addition, or instead of making a new uh, remake of this, this is an addition too. Okay, this, uh, it's uh, my understanding. They're still working on a labyrinth thing. Yeah. In a statement, Boom Studios says the comic will be based on the untold history of the Goblin King, played by David Bowie in the original film, titled Jim Henson's Labyrinth. The new book will be set in 18th century Venice. We'll deal with another young woman attempting to save a young boy named Jareth from the labyrinth. Jareth will not be as lucky as Sarah's brother was. He is destined to become the once and future Goblin King himself in what will be, quote, a striking look into the history of the labyrinth itself and what happens to the little boys who don't get rescued, unquote. People, if you're thinking of having a kid, don't name him Jareth. You're just asking for trouble. Yeah, you're asking for tight pants. Yes. And And weird juggling. And kidnapping. Amazon Studios has given the green light to an eight. This is, uh, we read like green light of this not that long ago for the pilot. And what did we do? We said green. Okay, good. Amazon Studios has given the green light to an eight episode order for The Boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A new series based on the comic book by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. The streaming studio ordered a pilot script for the series earlier this fall and is now going to put the show straight into production. The book, published between 2006 and 2012 and lasting for 72 issues, takes place in a world where superheroes existed, only most of them are hopelessly corrupted and made reckless by their celebrity status. As a result, a CIA black ops squad known only as The Boys, under the auspices of leader Billy Butcher, is formed with the express purpose of keeping the world's superheroes in check by any means necessary and is set out to push the limits of sex and violence even further with the boys than he did with Preacher, Mm. which may have been why the series was canceled initially by the first publisher, Wildstorm, after six issues. Mm. It was quickly snatched up by Dynamite, where the book prospered until the end of its run. The team behind the successful AMC adaptation of Preacher, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, will direct the show, while Supernatural creator Eric Kripke will serve as creator and showrunner. All three will executive produce, along with Ennis Roberts, Neil Moritz, and others involved with the TV series Preacher. The series is slated to begin filming in spring of 2018 for a 2019 premiere. Wow. We gave Seth Rogen a lot of shit when they were talking about making Preacher. I take back all the shit. Yeah, exactly. I, I was wrong. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I did, too. He's a good writer, and by all accounts, he's a really good producer. He's, he's very hands-on with the... Uh, with whoa. preacher, he, not nowadays. Well, <laughs> yeah, too soon, Jeff. <laughs> Let me correct myself then. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> oh! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> From the Canadian, <laughs> Justin Trudeau just went. What the oh, fuck just happened? Fine. Something awful just happened. Show us on the mat where you were touched. <laughs> No, Matt, show, show us on Andy. Andy. Oh, oh no. God. Show no. us on the Andy where you were, where you were, you were violated. <laughs> but no, they nailed the tone, So, and they obviously have the sense of humor to make it right. I've, oh, my God. I've started rereading The Boys from the first issue, uh. and even when you're ready for it, you're not ready for just how viscerally over-the-top that book is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's jaw-dropping how... Yeah. 
strong. So they're like they're like what like a spec ops team going after them. You've never read it? No. Wow. I. Might I have, have a trade. I think I have a trade. So if I can find the trade, I'll make sure you go home with it tonight. All right. Don't let yeah. me forget. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's it's a must read. It's for if yeah, you, especially I, if you don't like superheroes for whatever reason. <laughs> neither does this book. No. Yeah. I haven't read either, so you're not. Yeah, and I'm. Yeah. Uh, Amazon. More Amazon news. Amazon is preparing to launch a new freemium tier. Freemium for its Amazon Prime streaming service. One that will be free to everyone with an internet connection. If you're not a Prime member, but you've been wanting to watch The Man in the High Castle, Orphan Black, and a slew of uh, Amazon-exclusive sci-fi content, it may soon just be a payment-free sign-up away. Amazon's acknowledged nothing official yet. A report points to a new free streaming option that's paid for by advertisers instead of subscribers. The new tier would apparently offer all the Amazon Prime video content for free to non-Prime members willing to sit through the commercials. To play uh, to play for more audience share that comes at a time when Amazon, along with just about everybody else in the streaming world, is going all in on the broadening appeal of fantasy, sci-fi, and niche programming. In addition to High Castle and exclusive rights to beloved classics like Doctor Who, Amazon has ambitious plans for new content. The supposed new tier would stand alongside and not replace the Prime service, which Amazon could begin teasing as a premium upgrade to fans as it manages to hook in with the free package. It makes sense, because, uh, I mean, when I was back in Kansas, my dad has a Roku because he's, he's completely cut the cord. He doesn't really even watch TV anymore except for the news. And, uh, you know, for a lot of the things, he just pops his Roku on and he can watch his weather or you know any new stuff but uh roku has a roku channel that has like older tv shows and movies and it's a free channel as long as like i said you own the roku device so or if you have one of the televisions that has it built in or if you have the little standalone roku device you can watch these movies on demand at any time are they commercial laden or just i didn't watch any to find out for sure so i can't say whether they do or don't have commercials but they had a decent selection. A lot of it's a lot of older fare, so you're talking, you know, more than ten years old. Okay. In many cases, but still, they had some pretty decent uh, movies and stuff. Does it there. say where the commercials would be? Would they be uh, for whoever buys advertising? No, I mean, where would they be? Would they, would they be placed uh, before the show, or <laughs> <laughs> it would probably be? It... <laughs> My guess would be it would probably be for Amazon services primarily, but they would obviously let other people pay them to have no, advertising. No. I mean, where and would, where would they fall? Before the show, during the show, yes, after right. the show? I'm sure, I'm sure it would be during the show. Cause that, oh, that was the, the geeky thing I forgot to mention at the top of the show. An almost um, Andy story. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I did what I said I was going to do a few months ago, and I did my seven-day trial of CBS All Access, and I watched the first nine episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, that's a little uh, big. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you missed that. What, you, what, what do you think? But of yeah, Trek there's the, and the reason I brought that up is because that has, unless you upgrade to the commercial free version, that has uh, four commercial breaks throughout the video, and you see when it's set up, like it shows you on the progress bar when you're going to hit the commercial break, and you've got about three minutes worth of commercials you got to get through that you cannot fast forward those commercials. So. So that's so um, you you get the free trial, but the free trial comes with the commercials. Yeah, even if you, even when you go over to the pay, 
it still has the commercials. Now you, it's it's ah, great look. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Trust me, I, I'm sitting there going, I'm like, this is ridiculous. So because they have, well, they know what's they, best. Well, they have two pay tiers, and that's what I was getting at. They have the pay tier where you have the what they call quote limited commercial interruption, or they have the upgrade, which uh, basically doubles the price a month. It goes from like I think three ninety nine a month to seven ninety nine a month, and the seven ninety nine <laughs> is no commercials. I can see the so, premium service of Star Trek Discovery. Like, all right, turn on the sensors supplied by Amazon. All right, anyway, <laughs> so we're, the USS Coke Zero. <laughs> Pull out a communicator. It's got a little apple on it. So I, I think that might be a way that Amazon could do that service. They would say, you know, upgrade now to Amazon Prime for no commercials because people do. I mean, I, I've seen several people that have on, you know, the different forums I've gone on to read about Discovery now that I've watched the first nine episodes Matthews. saying that it's so frustrating watching that that they have upgraded just to get the commercials out. Sure. So. Do the commercials fall in a logical place like like they would on network TV or yes. they just sort of stop randomly yes. in mid sentence? Okay, yeah. I, I mean, uh, oh, well, that's like they do on YouTube. That's kind of nice, <laughs> right? That's what I was concerned about. Yeah. Well, I watch. I use. I actually. I haven't been able to continue watching Bleach on. I think it's uh, Funimation because their commercials are randomly inserted. It just interrupts at any time. It'll be four viewings of the same commercial that is the I've frustrating seen that thing fucking oh, wow. potter world universal studios commercial so many times now i can actually see it in my sleep and uh i i actually kind of just stopped watching bleach because i can't afford to purchase access you know to stream it um with no commercials so um, it's just too tin hat tinfoil hat goes on do you think amazon's getting ready for uh tiered uh Internet, we're gonna offer you a free service because eventually they know that the streaming shit's gonna be like mid to well, upper tier. I think I think there will probably be some limited form of free viewing because if they're doing ads, they can advertise for themselves. And Amazon is, if nothing more than at the very at its very basic core, I, is a way to get itself to sell. I think he's asking something that, different. But yeah, yeah. He, he's asking about the but well, good point. idea of the of net neutrality going away oh okay. so then you have they're the first ones getting oh, you their mean foot in the door with the free service internet service because they know eventually you're gonna have yeah. to pay for that shit it's possible okay. oh and, and and to your point kirsten yes i don't even smoke but i want to stop smoking with chantix after having, <laughs> after having watched i'm not kidding you 70 different versions of that goddamn commercial during Star Trek Discovery. Chantix on Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. It's like, is, is there, I don't know, are, are, are the new Star Trek uh, viewers heavy smokers? I oh, dude, they're chimneys. God almighty. No, what did you think of those nine episodes? I've only seen the first two. I really liked it. It felt more, I mean, because it's one continuous story across these nine episodes, it felt like one, one movie Especially the way it was shot, it was it was shot more like a movie than a television series. Very cinematic. So um, it, the visuals are stunning. I mean, it's incredible. I'm looks still good. not sold on the look of the new Klingons, and they haven't explained why the Klingons look so dramatically different. Reptilians, indie. Because they've established that this is 
a series that is spun out of the Enterprise era through the original series era Star Trek. So this is an in-between Enterprise and original series, but at the same time, these Klingons look radically different than what we saw in Enterprise or in the original series. So how about as how, of this how do they point, compare? Don't they look kind of like what they did in the movie, though? No, the ones in the movie are what you pretty much got throughout the cinematic history and then in the next generation of what Klingons looked like with the ridged foreheads. These ridges are pronounced, and then they have much larger heads overall. Their skulls are much larger, and the ridges go way back. And I mean, it's it's weird. Um, I haven't figured out... like reptiles. Yeah. Reptilians, indeed. <laughs> I haven't figured out why they've done it. They haven't said why they've done it that way. But everything else feels very Starfleet. Starfleet stuff. Um, when you have seen established alien races, they look at least close enough to what we've already seen before that you're just you 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 readily accept it. I don't know why my brain won't accept these Klingons because they just don't look like Klingons. Because their heads are covered with uncanny valleys. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> hey oh, but I did I did I did really like those first nine episodes. I'm interested to see where they go. It's a very different series. It's much more, it's much darker. I'm liking um, Jason Isaacs. Yeah, he's really good. He's a lot like his character Captain Steel from Black Hawk Down. And uh, mm. and uh, Commander Saru is very interesting. That yeah. character heard the first utterance of "fuck" in a Star Trek series. Yeah. Actually, twice in the same twice. episode. Twice and Klingon boobs. Really? All right. Yes. Fine. Seven ninety nine. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. Really, I was not expecting it, that one. I was like, really goofy guys walking into walls and hitting, uh, hitting uh, bulkheads and stuff. It was <laughs> biggest boobs you ever saw. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that scene. I was just like, oh, did that just happened? We so, have now yeah. seen a rep, naked rep, female Klingon. So reptilian okay. Zindi boobs. Well, yeah, is it ridged or no? You'd have to see it for yourself. Okay. I, I gotta spikes. I, I gotta hand it to <laughs> yeah. CBS for they took some risks. Yeah, that, that's something they couldn't do on yeah on network so, series. Yeah. yeah, what was it? Was it Buck Rogers or one of those uh, or 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 Battles of One of those seventies uh, sci-fi things that had the limited release uh, on on the film in the theaters. Had like a boob shot in the theaters, but not when it was on TV. Okay, I think it might though boobs were in PG movies. I think it might have been in Battlestar Galactica because there there was the leading up to the series being on television. They had a theatrical release where they made a movie out of the first two episodes, Mm -hmm. and they had it in the theaters projected in thirty five millimeter. And there were scenes that were only in the theatrical that you didn't get to see I think that might be it, yeah. Until the, mm. the DVD release. So. Yeah. Kirsten can back me up on this, right? Yep. I saw Battlestar and Sense Around. Yeah, you saw Whoa. Battle Boobs. Stargate SG-1. Battle Boobs. Yep. That one. Yep. See, that, well, yeah, because well, when it was on episode. Showtime, yeah. Oh. And it was That's only in that right. one episode because they were yeah. saying that they could do all kinds of stuff because it was on Showtime, and they only did it in that pilot, <laughs> and they, and they that pilot that. movie called Children of the Gods. And then from there, it just mm. it was a normal series. Yeah, we can do it, but we're not gonna. Yeah, I yep. think. Well, I think there's also you. You have a kind of feel and formula for your television sci-fi show. Sure. 
And I have a feeling that when you do something like you stick in a boob or something like that, it can, you can get a little, the audience and even the, the, the execs can get a little unnerved. There's just something about it that you're just like, Futuristic boobs or <clears throat> sci-fi you know, <clears throat> boobs? No. It just, it just, it'll feel inherently wrong. Well, you know, Discovery sense. is going out there enough that... It's going the Game of Thrones route. Yeah. Because, it, it, to your point, a lot of uh, the execs at HBO didn't think Game of Thrones was going to develop as big of an audience as it was. Right. Because they said, well, we're going definitely... It's episodic television, but we're definitely going to... The kind of stuff that you can air on pay cable networks. Well, that's pretty. And main, then because Game of Thrones went right out oh, the yeah. gate. It out the gate. They it they, was they, like, they just charged out and said, "This is how we are," and people were like, "But fucking shit!" Yeah. With with Discovery, they're easing into it. Right. Because it was <clears> a but, few episodes. So it yeah. But it's this. cinematically shot. Yeah. I mean, visually, just I'm, I'm t- and I'm talking literally in like lighting and film quality. The moving camera. You, you totally. It, you're not watching any other Star Trek TV show. No. Uh, I would almost call it like it's kind of Abrams esque, except the lighting guy <laughs> like pulled the lever down to about halfway. Yeah. Because right. it really does feel sort of that way. Yes, I mean, there are some there are some scenes where it's it's darkly shot. And, yeah. And uh, Abrams was a very bright, mm-hmm. you know, brightly lit. And I'm not even talking about like the lens flare and stuff. Yeah. What episode does Sabotage play? Uh, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> Sabotage. But Staying Sabotage. Alive makes an appearance. How do you like that? All right. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, that is it for regular Geek Shock. Oh, I just I realized I just totally derailed the show there with you destroyed it, Jeff. You, you, you did your own, Andy. It's all good. We're we're the show's used to that. We can handle. I'll it. take credit for a it's bit a of that. I pillow. asked you how was yeah. It was my right. fault, folks. Right. Right. I apologize. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the show continues. If you have not seen Thor Ragnarok, uh, be warned. Here, there be spoilers. So if you haven't, go watch it and then join us at this point to talk about. Thor Ragnarok, gentlemen. Admiral, there be spoilers here. Well, I still remember one of the end credit scenes. Was that Thanos' ship? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. I had the same yeah. question. At the the the, sure. the writers have confirmed that it is a Thanos technology ship. And I love so, that you just uh, went directly to the ending. Well, yes, I know. But now, so, there you go. So they said it could mind. be part of his fleet. But it may not be his specific ship. Now, that, that they were being vague about. Right. But they said it is a a Thanos and, ship. And Loki gave the Tesseract a side eye as yep. he walked by it. So I'm pretty sure that he pocketed oh, it. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, no doubt in my mind. When Hela's going through the uh, the vault and she sees the Infinity Glove, she's like, fake. Yeah. Just tosses it off to the that side. Was good. I was like, oh, shit. And <laughs> it was really funny because in the play within a play where Matt Damon, Loki, and uh, by the way, Thor played Luke Hemsworth. Yes. One of the other Hemsworth one brothers. One of the other Hemsworth. Whom you who are can, all actors, apparently. Whom every... you can see with Tessa Thompson, the Valkyrie, in Westworld. That's right. Matt Damon Loki goes, I'm sorry about the Tesseract. I couldn't help myself. So I think not only is that a joke reference to the Avengers, but that is... Foreshadowing yeah, for that moment. Foreshadowing that he pockets it, which is why the Tano ship shows up Thanos is a Saturnian eternal the eternals were 
uh, human beings that were uh, genetically upgraded by the Celestials. And uh, in the Marvel Universe, in Guardians of the Galaxy, when they're describing the power gem and how it can destroy worlds, and you see that big giant creature in armor right. destroy, that's a Celestial. So, depending on what they're doing with Thanos, if they're saying that it's Thanos uh, technology, okay. it, it could be and I think it's Thanos's fleet, his ship, but it could also be of his people, and like yeah. might be a lead-in of you got the Tesseract, we got to we got to hide this because you know Thanos, some kind of lead-in like that. Okay, I don't think so because I I think the whole goal of Infinity War is for him to get the gauntlet complete. Yeah, although how he's they're going to do that with Vision, I I don't even know. But anyway, yeah, there's my mm -hmm. comics two cents. All right. So, gentlemen, what did you like? What you didn't like about Thor Ragnarok? With spoilers, feel free to speak your mind. I'd say pretty much everything I really enjoyed about it. I, I loved mean, it. I that, loved that, it. That opening sequence was just, oh, it's it's silly, but it oh, with Surtur? so much fun. Huh? With Surtur? Yeah. When, yeah. Well, yeah. When he's, he's <laughs> hanging from the chain, he's like, well, wait, hold on, hold on. I'll come back around. He's like, no, I'm not even doing it. It's just, <laughs> it's just doing it. So, yeah. But it, it set a good tone for everything going forward. You know, that it was going to be serious because right after that, he goes into the full-on battle and, you know, steals his crown and takes it to the vault. But at that same time, it was light and humorous. So I, I, I think it was a great way to set up the tone of the film going forward. Now, there were some complaints because they were talking about the, you know, people like, God, it's awfully light and airy for attempted genocide of the Asgardian people um, and all of the deaths that occurred in Gal uh, Asgard by Adhila's hand, uh, including uh, the Warriors 3. I know, yeah. that threw me. I was like, whoa. I, I, without, I was still casually. waiting for them to show up. Me too. At the end, all bandaged up, like, wow, that was some nasty shit or something. And, I mean, it's like... it's like It was just so how quick and easy the dispatch was. I mean, right. it, it showed a lot to how Hela was that just that powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I it happened so quick and moved on so quick that it was like, um, I don't feel all that much about losing these guys. Yeah. So and that, that, that kind of bothered it, it me. It felt a like the movie didn't feel much about yeah. losing them. And I guess uh, Jamie Alexander was going to try to appear as Lady. Lucky Smith. her. It yeah. was kind of like at the beginning of the yeah. second Ewok adventure when they killed off the family, just like that. Oh, that, yeah. that the first five minutes. <laughs> it's like they were the major characters in that first Ewok adventure, right. and the second one, we just got rid of everybody. I remember being so astonished by that when I saw that on, that on TV. I was like. They just killed the whole family off? What of the fuck? Of course, I probably could have made a much more better case with Alien sure, 3, but I'm using but Ewok Adventures. Sure. sure. That is a weird segue to go off into. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm impressed. That's because we were talking about Star Wars so much sure. earlier. It, it, um, uh, lucky Jamie Alexander. Yeah. Because of, because of scheduling, she yeah. couldn't be in it. As a result, <laughs> Sif is they were still alive <laughs> out there somewhere. Yeah, they were shooting the uh, the season, uh, The I think it was this first episode of the current season when they were shooting uh ragnarok so mm -hmm. she she she's like i literally can't get away to yeah. well, season of what uh blind spot i think it's called that's oh, okay. her her nbc series okay yeah lucky her yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, I I enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. I would put it in my top five Marvel films. Yeah. Uh, when I left, I thought I'd be a lot more excited about it than I was. I think I probably equate it to your second viewing, Kirsten. Mm-hmm. As far as like, I really liked it, but uh, there was a lot of emotional detachment for me right. in it. It right. could be also that I've never really been into the Thor films. See, Definitely I, the best of the Thor films so yep. far. Uh, I was a little it, confused about um, the executioner kind of being in it. I was like, wasn't he like the, the right-handed man of the Enchantress, not Hela? Well, dude, they changed so much yeah. stuff. What are you going to uh, What are you going to I do? guess. But anyway, sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> he does show up in one of Simonson's, well, one of the Ragnarok stories in the comics in Simonson's. And uh, actually, that, that scene that he has with the machine guns is in the comic. Is and it? It's, and it's nice. really funny because Simonson actually makes it very poignant because if I... It is so long ago. But if I remember right... Years, um, yeah. <laughs> um, Scourge is like alone holding a pass or a, or a section of a bridge or something to the hordes and nobody knows. Oh. And he goes down and it's like they the the songs about the person who held the bridge is sort of like ah, if i remember it right it's not even like they sing about the executioner doing it there was like the lone warrior who fought and held the bridge and it it, it was it really it actually in the comic it's just sort of like wow huh. that was really really some really really emotional stuff so this bit was was in line with the comic there. Okay. And how cool is it to be Carl Urban? I mean, <laughs> yeah. this guy is a geek himself. He's self-proclaimed. I've seen him at the Star Trek Con several times, and he's just, he's always very exuberant in how about excited he is to be in all these different things, and he counts himself as very lucky to have gotten some of the roles he's had. And as a fan, he's now got to be in yet another Big yeah. geeky franchise. Carl Urban is almost as fun as being Simon Pegg or right. being Martin Freeman, who's in everything. <laughs> <Right. Really? laughs> uh, but having said that, too, I was really glad they used Heimdall. Um, you got mm. to see much more of that character. Yeah, that was a thing. You got very in, deep with that character. You got to see Thor and Heimdall cut loose in ways you hadn't had a chance yeah. to see them do right. it before. Right. And, and the use of Heimdall's power. Yeah. It was great yeah. when Thor does that. I know you can see me. Where the fuck am I? Yep. You know, and then Heimdall makes that connection with him, and he's like, "Oh, you're on a world with many doorways. Go through the big one." Yeah, the devil's, <laughs> the devil's anus. anus. Oh yeah. And speaking <laughs> of swearing, there were a couple. What was it? Ass and there were a couple Shit's swears in there. Threw me. Surtur, like, son of a bitch. You're <laughs> still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I there were two moments that I absolutely wish I didn't know were coming, the destruction of Thor's hammer yeah. and the reveal of Hulk as the champion. Yeah, yes. I'm, there yeah. were several several reviewers that said the same thing. It's like if they had been able to keep that a secret, that would have blown every fan's yeah. mind. It's like holy shit, that's where Hulk's been this whole time. Yeah, I mean, I I realize why they did it, and let's face it, seeing right. Hulk in the that in the trailer. Brought people to this movie. Sure. Sure. Well, it would have yeah. been it would have been impossible to keep it totally secret. Sure. Right. They wanted Ruffalo out there doing promos before yeah. the movie even came out. Sure. And they did the staggered release. You know, our dear fan friend yes. Chris Roberts, the bastard, saw it before we did. <laughs> right. I think Mandy said Oz got it too. Uh, but 
the in terms of the trailer reveals it's me oh, you know because it is it's a hell of a reveal it it's is awesome it's phenomenal it's awesome. I, I was and like i wish i didn't know who was coming i know right and now. you could see marketing being like oh yeah we got to have that and it's just like yeah fuck really really yeah, shit. And it's not like he didn't get the clue on the tower prior to, you know, the fly yeah. up to the mm. tower and yeah. Hulk's face is being built on there. Right. Yeah. Mm. And Beta Ray Bill. I and Man that. Thing. Oh, I didn't see Beta Ray Bill. He's there the- no, no, on the tower. The, the oh, he's on the tower. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, the other character is, is <laughs> a character called, I, I think it's like Double Face. Oh, that guy. And oh, it, yes, And it's yes. literally a, a big hulking brute monster with two faces on his mm-hmm. head one above the other just... oh who was the voice of the rock guy i kept trying to figure that out oh it was uh that was that was taika watini oh, who was what? it the director Korg. Oh. yeah oh i okay. thought that was um uh what's British his name actor, from right? uh uh district nine uh why nope. can't i think of his name Shartlou. yeah Shart- Shartl- no 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 it was it was the director mm. it was fun yeah. So was that a character? But I don't recognize that character. Yeah, okay, we'll that character? yeah. Korg, Korg was in uh, Planet Hulk, which is the gladiatorial oh, world yeah, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No Grandmaster, no Thor, right. but that's uh, the Hulk thing. Uh, and he's also a Cronin, which is the race of back in Thor number one, or Journey into Mystery, whatever the fuck it was. Uh, the Saturn people. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Men, the rock men from Saturn. And Thor, Donald Blake discovering the 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 you know Mjolnir. Yeah, yeah. Turning uh, to mystery number seventy nine. We yeah. all know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were also in um, Thor number two. I mean, the, the movie. He, he's fighting them. Oh, yeah, okay. that's right. They yeah. show up in that uh, fight in Hogan's village. Something like that. Yeah. yeah um, I just love the whole tone of it. I mean, it was just. I it by far the best of the Thor movies. Yes, uh, and, and 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 part of that is I just don't care for Thor or Superman. The characters are too powerful. It's really hard to connect to them. I, I think what they've done well is lighten up that character yeah. over the course of the films. Yes. Right, because I I just I don't find Immortals interesting. Right. So well, and, and yeah, and yet the, the very first time we see thor he's he's so full of himself he doesn't care about the nine realms right and now he is actively trying to protect all the Mm. realms as well as asgard and you know clearly fails miserably in this film i think i think until until he rescues them and takes them away and allows asgard to be destroyed so i I think that people are starting to discover helmsworth is a great comedic actor too right he is genuinely funny he's got sure. very really good has a great delivery it was there in ghostbusters for anybody who watched it mm-hmm. and but, in um, vacation in the yeah, yeah. vacation oh, yeah. when he was in there um, and in the thing we just watched on before this, this before oh, the yeah. podcast started the uh <laughs> the thor 40, thor 40. Thor 40. i From don't want you to know show. too much about it but just do yourself a favor after you've seen thor ragnarok watch thor 4d yeah, right yeah, on youtube from the late show with james corden yeah, yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's out there yeah, the le- least you know going into that, the better. Right. right. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Thor, Delman? I had something and I just totally lost it. I just I mean, I, oh, the the look of the city, the the, the look of the city was oh, amazing. The bright colors, the palette, the color the palette. color palette was incredible. 
Well, and the structure too. This the the the, the way. Yeah, the, the, very. The, everything looked very hobbled together, mm-hmm. especially in the uh, in the um, uh, the ghetto areas. Mm-hmm. Kirby Versus. lines and circles. Right. Everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Kirby circuitry. I just love I just, a plant, a trash planet where trash continues to pile up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Pulling up potential fighters from all over the universe. Mm-hmm. That's just a fun idea, and it's just the the movie where is it is best is when the movie is quirky, right? Oh, and, and there you go. The the Grandmaster is not the way I pictured. I mean, that's not the way the Grandmaster was portrayed in anything I've read before. Yeah, yeah, no. And I was yeah, perfectly the, fine with it. Well, the, the right. Well, he didn't. He didn't like it because he's not a Goldblum fan. Th- that's not it. I am a Goldblum fan, but I also know if you cast Goldblum in anything, you're only going to get Jeff Goldblum, right? Which was which is funny because I was reading uh, about the writers talking about when they. They envisioned the Grandmaster. They wrote it for Goldblum, hoping they would get him. Mm-hmm. And then they got him. And then at some point, he had to back out. And they're like, oh, crap. Now what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. We well, have to that rewrite this character. I wouldn't want to be that guy going in. And then he was able to come back on board. And, you know, but, but so like, they were like, whew. <laughs> yeah, you cast Jack Nicholson, you're going to get Jack Nicholson as your character. Right. Mm-hmm. Same with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I saw that. Like, it, it definitely, it, it was very apparent in the hologram. It's like, Sitarans, take to the skies. Go get. For me, like you, you see Jeff Goldblum all oh, that. The ultimate Jeff Goldblum uh, yeah. moment was uh, the time passes differently here. Anywhere else, it'd be a million years old, but here, and the way he just lets it hang, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just that was very. Why cold. would you think I wanted I the stick? Yeah, I the, the melty melt, stick. The stick. <laughs> he wasn't bad as the Grandmaster, but it was also hard to not see Jeff Goldblum. Right, right, like, yeah. like. The Grandmaster was pulled. Was Jeff Goldblum pulled from Earth? Mm-hmm. Some point, <laughs> which would which, have been yeah, funny, which works. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> the music, works. by the way, Mark Mothersburg, amazing. A, 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 a member of Devo, right, right, and, and you can especially when you get that uh, the flight away toward the Devil's Anus, mm-hmm. yeah, and you get that uh, synth style, yes, mm-hmm. that you just don't hear much anymore. Yeah, well, also also Rugrats and a bunch of other things. Mark Mothersburg, well, thing. sure. He's, yeah. he's done many things, but yeah. it's your bad you can feel the Devo in this mm-hmm. score. And I can't say the same for these other ones. I was delighted and surprised by the use of uh, pure imagination. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. That's funny. <laughs> that was pretty glorious. Ending with his scream as he's just... Mm-hmm. I would ride that ride. Yeah. Oh, and a really particularly good uh, Stanley cameo this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My hands ain't so steady, kid. <laughs> oh god yeah my, my what was it my dear man my good man you know don't cut my hair please you know. uh the uh, dr strange oh, oh yeah I, I really like was... that too because they shot it dr strange style so this palette yeah. the lighting the everything we see is suddenly yes just goes different and mostly shot practically too yeah so at, uh, it, right, we've just crossed over to we've crossed over into a small section of the other comic that we're gonna have to go by to, yeah. and so we can follow exactly, the story. Exactly right. Oh, it's I do like when Loki. I've been falling for half an hour. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I can't. You get... second rate. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Doctor Strange is my number one Marvel pick. Period. Yeah. So seeing him in in glorious strangeness was wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was, as I said it before the dinner we we're talking about the uh, the the line I loved was the uh, you know by uh, I I fought you uh, and uh, I beat you easily. Now, that didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of good lines. This is a very quotable film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Beauty and the Arms. <laughs> and I, I'm actually, I just realized Baby we arms. haven't even Baby mentioned <laughs> uh, Valkyrie yet. Oh, she that was, was a yeah. great character. Yeah, she was. You know, somebody that just literally wanted to keep running away from everything and kind of dragged back into it by Thor. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind a whole movie of just that Valkyrie flashback scene. Oh my Hela. God, wasn't that, that amazing? Just gorgeous. Oh. Mm. And I guess apparently it was in the original script, but it makes more sense about how she, the line she says, and I've lost everything, uh, the character is bisexual. So the woman that took the blade in the back that essentially saved her was her lover. Mm. Uh, it, it seemed so, like that she, some, I didn't, could turn that like a mentor or something, but obviously yeah. she meant something to her. Or yeah, and, so and she looked was, a lot more like the Valkyrie from the comics, the so, one who got killed. Yeah, but so apparently like there were lines cut out that would have made a lot of those things um, easily you know understood instead of just having to kind of fill in the gaps well just i mean and and with your imagination going back to the very the being the great introduction of the character which he walks in and goes you know whatever this one's mine or something and then oh, and falls off, off the, the ramp yes. off the ramp yeah <laughs> yeah just for f- just glorious details throughout this film is fantastic mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 masks, the armor of the scavengers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tons of I mean Kirby they they really they they threw him all over the place. It was just so beautiful. It's deeply textured. I mean Kirsten's seen it three times now. I suspect you're picking up more little details in the in the creases of the thing than every time now. Mm-hmm. It it it's yeah, it's just um it's amazing what they're doing and what they're using. And and you get kind of pained because you it, it was Kirby's one hundredth. Oh yeah, just just this year, and mm. it's like, dude, if you could be up and around and seeing what they're doing with your stuff, there are some comic book creators who actually have said, and it's it's like it, it's probably apocrypha that he was just like, oh, you know what? In the future, you know, comics are going to be all over the place. They oh. will. They will figure it out. Oh, no, I think he was because he moved to Hollywood pretty early on. Kirby did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was he was out there hoping to try and get that moving. He was doing Thunder. I mean. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Anything else to say about Thor yet? Go see Plenty, it. Plenty. But, you know. Go see it, be, it again. Could be a four-hour podcast. Right. That up. Oh, Fine we could point. do that. I mean, it, yeah, it was just, it was absolutely great. Looking forward to Infinity War now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Even more. So before Infinity, Infinity War, we have, of course, Black Panther next. Which yes. looked amazing Woo! in the previous. February, right? It's Black Panther. Yep. Is yep. It, and then uh, Captain Marvel after that. Is that the next one? Uh, no. I would have to look at the lineup. Hmm. I'm thinking I think it's it, Infinity. I think we're getting Captain Marvel before Infinity, but I'm not positive. Because really we're know. like one year away from Infinity War right, right now. Or part one, we should but say. There, but there's got to be a Marvel film this summer, right? <laughs> it's it's got to be uh, happening. Yeah. Let's see. Well, yeah. Marvel. Oh, it's not, isn't, it's not isn't it, it Ant Man and Wasp? Yes, that's, that's it. it. That's oh. the one. Ant Man and Wasp. That's the one I'm missing in my head. All right, and of course, next week is uh, Justice League and Punisher. So not next week. Just two days. From You're now. right. Friday. <laughs> Friday yeah. is that. Is Justice League? Yeah. Yeah. It's Holy coming. Fuck! I can't wait. Here it comes. Mm. Yep. Get ready. Just like a bat, my man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to save that movie. Best character in the movie. It's the only time Aquaman you're going to get that. I'm looking forward to this like I was not looking forward to the previous ones. 
none of the Superman movies and the Superman and Batman movie. I was like, I'll watch it, but I don't need to rush to it. This one, I'm going to rush to. All right. What are you going to rush to? That character's going to kill it. It's going to kill it. What are you going to rush to? Write to us, comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Dandy. Maple Leaf, Matt. And that is my Porg, and we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Excellent. Oh, we're not even a full year. Wait, wait, anyone seen Murder on the Orient Express? Not yet. Nuh-uh. No, because Thor. I saw the original. (laughs) So we get, okay, we get Black Panther on February 16th, 2018, and then we get Avengers Infinity War Part 1 on May 4th. Of, of this upcoming of, year? Of 2018. Seriously? I thought it was I thought it was later in the year, but... So it, did wow. I. I, th- I was thinking a year from now. It's They've moved it to a summer blockbuster. Yes, it's mm. May 4th, 2018. Yikes and cripes. Yeah, so... And then July 6th... I'm not ready Ant-Man for Ant-Man and the Wasp. So wow. we're going to get Infinity War before we get Ant-Man and the Wasp. Whoa. My brain... Yeah, mine, mine just broke, too. Mm. Wow. <laughs> So I'm, I've uh, just moved, and I've got way too much crap. I'm going to the Great Purge and selling my stuff. Among the things I found was the um, a bunch of notes from Christmas Puss. No. Uh, I will be putting that on eBay next month, next week. I just realized I was going to do it to announce it and tell everybody where the thing was this week. But I realized that uh, I my computer is still in a box somewhere. So, uh, uh, yeah, but next week I'll put that out there. Paul's, yes. Paul's going to sign it, and it's in, and it's been, and that's going to go to the – Proceeds will go to Critical Care Comics. Glorious. And uh, it's sort of a tip of the hat to Paul and the, uh, the fact that ICS finally passed us in episode numbers. Yes, they did. They, yeah. they finally hit us. What, yeah. They uh, did what, 412 this last week? 412, and we were with the SO. So this week they'll they do a 413 and 414, and we just did 413 right now. Yep. So, so it's, the, it's the point. Well, it's our, our faults for being lazy for, yeah. bastards. For, yeah. for doing only doing one, one show a week. Yeah, yep. A know. tip of the hat, gentlemen. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty... And Critical Care Comics, if you're not familiar, they provide comics to uh, kids in hospitals and also send characters to meet and greets and mm-hmm. comic characters. So they do really good work. Yeah, them and Child's Play are my two favorite charities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, Critical Care is starting to surpass Child's Play yeah. in my book. So uh, I've just uh, pulled almost my entire comic book collection. My uh, mother and stepfather are moving to a new house, and it's smaller, so my comic collection is now here. In mm. my condo. That's not what that is. That's what that is. So I'm going to basically be deciding what I keep, what I turn into craft projects, what I give away to you guys, and what I give away to Critical Care Comics. So that's that I have to look forward to this week. Yeah, I'll be doing some of the same thing myself, except I'll be, I have some that are probably older than yours, so I'll be selling some of mine too, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah mine, mine well, are. He's I, got the pricing guide if you need to see it. This is true. <laughs> I just bought it tonight. Did so, you really? Yeah, so if you need it, I'm, feel I'm free. amazed they're still printing the CBG. Uh, so they're going to be. Over Street's going to be printing that thing for the rest of our lives. Yeah, mm. dude. Actually, um, I tried to do some research, and I was going online and discovering that the, the um, it was even hard to find on Wizard online, which mm. is what a lot of people were using for a long time. Mm. And well, it, it's still the Over Street, and they're still publishing and selling the big volumes it's actually kind of interesting well wizard just restarted printing the magazine as an online yeah because but, they, I, don't th- but I don't think they're doing uh price pricing i don't, no, I think, I don't think, I think it's just that. a comic book magazine. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah. It, it and it, it i was finding a lot of joe schmo pricing so i think that the it's gone back to Overstreet, and they're still selling their volumes. Yeah. yeah, I remember running across Overstreet for the first time as like a teenager. My dad and I looking at it, and like, 
Get they got Superman number one for seven hundred bucks. Holy crap! <laughs> Whoa! Oh, you're like seven hundred bucks. That's crazy. Oh, who's gonna you, pay that much? I bet you're sitting here going now. It's like, oh, oh if we'd we only found one for, and bought one for seven hundred bucks back then. My dad sold a bunch of his. Uh, he had a bunch of uh, Carl Barks uh, uh, Disney comics that he sold and bought a bunch of camera equipment. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's cool. And that's good use of time. Absolutely. Absolutely.